The podcast that you're about to hear contains acts of sex and violence. The hosts do not claim to be experts on the subjects that they present. Listener discretion is advised. And welcome back to Brutal Nation. I'm your host, Scott Alexander. Right across from me is the one, the only, the very fucking mouthy today. Tammy, the mouthy Sasquatch Underwood. Say grr, Tam. Grr. Jesus Christ, man. Thankfully, we didn't have to have a false start too far into the fucking show. You don't even like my noises. Hi, everybody. No, I'm You tell me to grr, I grr, and you don't even get excited. (laughs) Normally, I don't grr for you. I did today. No, you're not getting it anymore. No, I will from your mom. Anywho. (laughs) No, you won't. Today, we're going to be doing Herbert. He went by Herbie. William Mullen. Herbie. The love bug. That's the same thing I thought. (laughs) Boop, boop. That's our generation again. If you don't know who Herbie the Love Bug is, you're too young to be listening to this goddamn podcast. I swear to God. Just Google it. I feel pretty old, and it's because, like, whenever I do hear a classic rock station, you know, for like or an oldie that station. That reminds me. But go ahead. Guns and Roses comes on. Kiss. I'm all, I know. You sons of bitches. I know. And in country, you hear Garth Brooks now classic or Toby Keith. It's like no. No. Yeah, kind of makes you sad, man. But my son wants to know, why do you have 95.5 and Z100 programmed on your radio? I have no idea. I don't ever listen to it. I listen to everything off my phone. See, and that's, I would go, this makes no sense to me. He goes, why does he have, I said, I don't know, because Scott doesn't like pop. No, I don't, <laughs> I don't even think there's a rock station in You do Portland have, oh anywhere. yeah, we have um, The Brew, 105 something. 90, oh, I remember The Brew, KGON, yeah. 92. Okay, no, I know them, yeah. Something, yeah. I, I listen to everything off my phone from MP3s oh. to no, audiobooks. No, it was funny to me because my son, like, he goes, Scott has 95.5 and Z100 on there? <laughs> and then he thought maybe you did it because the AM um, hosts, they do funny things on 95.5. I go, he's never in his truck that, you know, he gets out of his truck before they even come on the air. So. Yeah, that's yeah. bizarre. Yeah. Ah, so fuck if I know. There you go. My son was happy. Well, that's good. Aren't you glad you made my son happy? I am. Shut up. <laughs> I love my son Most days So Herbie was born April 18th of 1947 In Salinas, California He's about 5 foot 7 tall by the way He has one older sister Named Patricia In 1952 When he was 5 The family moved to a small farming community His father Mar- Martin William He went by Bill by the way Big Bill Mullen <laughs> Wild Bill. That's right. Uh, he was a World War II uh, hero who oh, okay. worked as a furniture salesman. His mother was a devout Roman Catholic. Oh, that makes me feel bad. All the already, I'm pretty sure that that uh, the daddy in the church, I mean father of the church, saw poor Herbert. That's sad, man. He had to play the keep going. Holy fruit of love. <laughs> The household was uh, the household was Martin described uh, oppressively religious. I believe it. Mullen's father was strict but not abusive. Uh, he taught Mullen space that shit out how to shoot and told him stories about his experiences in the war. La-dee-da, Sorry, da da no, you're fine. In 1963, the family moved to Fenton, California. I think that's that should be Northern California, I'm pretty sure. Um, 
They lived with Herbert's uncle and aunt for a short time until they could get settled. Mullen enrolled at San Lorenzo Valley High School. Mullen was popular with several friends. High school? High school. <clears throat> a girlfriend named Loretta, and that's, he was popular with her too, apparently. Apparently. And played varsity football. Ooh. I loved me some footballers. Oh, you moved and said, ooh, I thought that maybe you got something stuck no, in your anus my, again. No, my knee's killing me, but go ahead. It's the oh. weather. What about your nephew? I said my knee, not my niece. I don't have any nieces, doofus. I thought you said my niece are killing me. I said knee. My oh. knee is killing me. That's only half of a niece. Oh, shut up. <laughs> I'm done. He graduated high school in 1965 and was voted by his classmates as most likely to succeed. Very ironic. <laughs> ironic. Because <laughs> he's succeeding at something if he's on my show, <laughs> on yeah, our show. He su- well, not really succeeded if he got caught. Well, that's true. He enrolled in college and studied engineering and considered joining the military. Shortly after, his best friend, Dean Richardson, was killed in a motorcycle accident. Mullen built shrines dedicated to him. Oh, wow. Including one in his bedroom. Sorry. You okay over there? No. Why are we laughing at a shrine to his best friend in his bedroom? Oh, I see why. <laughs> Never mind. Scott, I hung around you. You know, we've known each other for almost a full year now, and you still got to ask why I was laughing at that. God damn. Because you rubbed off on me. (laughs) Off on me. Not, never mind. Not, never mind. God, now I regret even having to say this next part. He had spent hours alone at the shrines. Yeah, choking over there. I mean, you know what? Now you know how I feel when I do my presentations with you. Shut up. Mullen became obsessed with the idea of reincarnation, coming to believe that Dean's death was uh, some cosmic path, or cosmic plan. Hmm. He graduated with an associate's degree in engineering, then switched colleges to pursue a major in philosophy. That's two extremes. No shit. God damn. Mullen studied Eastern religion independently. Hmm. This is going to get really interesting, actually, because I, I actually really enjoyed talking to my researcher about this one. During the time of his mental, during this time, his mental state spiraled. Mm-hmm. Mullen had begun hearing voices and was pr- prone to violent outbursts. Oh. He, identified, uh, he identified a peaceful, nonviolent, anti-war environmentalist type of a persona. Okay, so almost Buddhist, but not quite. Correct. The voices told him to shave his head and ritualistically burn his penis with a cigarette. Ow! Yeah, I knew you'd like that one. Oh, my God. I don't have a penis in that hurt. Sizzle. Would it hurt, Scott? I don't know. I've never sizzled lean before. Move over, bacon. (laughs) There's something beefier. (laughs) Sizzling. In 1968, Mullen broke up with his fiance Loretta after admitting his sus- uh, his, oh, his sus- high school sweetheart. Yeah. Okay. After admitting his uh, his suspicions that he was gay. Okay. Which explains the shrine a little bit. Right. Hold on one second. Oh, you're fine. But I am seeing a little schizophrenia in there. Oh, me too. Me too. The next year, Mullen allowed his family to check him into Montesino State Hospital, where he oh, was really? diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. Hmm. 
So, yeah, you nailed that one. What he really wanted to do was travel to India. Okay. Which that sounds a lot better than being in a nut hut. Well, no, but it goes Sorry. along with his Eastern religious philosophies. It does, mm-hmm. you know, Buddhism and all that shit. Okay. He, was left, he left six weeks later. Over the next few years, Mullen would be admitted to five hospitals, wow. including one in Hawaii while on a trip, but released after each episode. He was deemed not a threat to himself or others. They dropped the ball on this one, I was by say, the way. Famili- sound familiar? Yeah, and it, my research director said uh, there's a parallel to Carol Cole. She said that? I think that's what I told her to put oh, in there. Oh, yeah. No, it sounds so familiar. Because yeah. even uh, Montecito, no, he was in a Tuscadero, but yeah, still. Yeah, he was in a Tuscadero, but Montecino. And Napa. Napa and, and Yeah, Carson City. Yeah. But yeah. Between stays in mental hospitals, Mullen held multiple jobs briefly as a convenience store clerk, gas station attendant, dishwasher, busboy, truck driver, and as a manager of a Goodwill thrift store. Hmm. So kudos, right? He tried. Yeah, he tried. Mullen lived to run. Mullen lived in a rundown, drug-infested uh, set of apartments where he watered his doormat daily. Probably wash it down if he was. Yeah, I think that probably makes wash sense it down. Yeah, not water. Anyway, his schizophrenia. Probably watered down is what she probably wanted to say. Yeah, probably. Yeah, his schizophrenia was exacerbated by heavy use of LSD and the marijuana's. I can see that. He also regularly took amphetamines. That would definitely fuck yeah. with your schizophrenia. Well, so would the LSD. Yeah, that's Yellow. true. <laughs> Mullen smashed a hatchet into a fireplace uh, when an Asian woman ignored his suggestion that they have a biracial child together. He started wearing a sombrero, faked a Mexican accent, and became a boxer. That's... What? what? (laughs) This is just... It's going to get weirder and weirder. No, because I'm looking at you going, what? What? All right, I should have warned everybody before we even started this. Hold on to your hats because this shit's going to get... We've done weird before. All I can say is hold my beer, motherfuckers, because this this shit's about ready to get weird. That is... Whoa. This is like... Nah. Si, senor. I ain't going to be a boxer. I'd be okay. (laughs) Mullen had to be forcibly removed from the ring when he would not stop beating his opponent. He practiced yoga, not yogurt, meditation, and and macrobiotic diets. Okay, but that makes no sense. If you're adopting a peaceful religion, why would you get into a violent sport? Glad you asked because of the schizophrenia. He's jumping back and forth and all around. Oh, okay. Like one part okay. of him is saying, we must meditate and pray. Home. And then the voices are telling him, beat the shit then out of somebody. Then the other thing is saying, your name is, you're like a, you're like a mucha libre a Nacho Libre, and you need to get in there and just beat the shit out of this guy, stomp on his throat, teabag him. But make sure you wear that sombrero first. But make sure you wear that sombrero, because that's your sombrero of power there, Pancho. Pancho Villa. <laughs> oh, my God. We're so disillusioned. So, moving on from one fad to the next, he tried to join the priesthood and was a strong believer in the legalization of LSD and pot. Okay. Vocally, he was ultra-conservative despite claims of his bisexual 
by political and by spiritual. Basically, he was all over the place. He was all over the map. Yeah. Mullen had also had a few encounters with the law, mainly for public intoxication and drug possession. In one instance, he caught illegally he was caught illegally camping in a state park and he won verbally th- and he non-verbally threatened a ranger with a knife oh. by placing his hand on it and refusing to vacate. Okay. Makes sense so far? Yeah, a it little, doesn't to me. Not a little bit, but not really. I mean, it is, but it isn't. So let's recap so everybody can make sense of this. This is a guy who uh, studied Eastern religion, has an associate's in engineering, uh, had a multitude of jobs, been in and out of the nut hut, uh, wants to be a very peaceful kind of a Buddhist type of a person while in a boxing ring, not stopping. But taking drugs to, that totally goes against Eastern religion. And beating the shit out of somebody has to be pulled off of people and thrown out of the ring after yeah. uh, boxing. He's in fight club. But he's a peaceful person. Take a breath. And that's just the beginning. Wait, there's that, more. That's just paragraph one. <laughs> Christ, my brain's going to melt. I know, right? All right, as I said, he practiced yoga, meditation, and uh, macrobiotic diets. Moving on from one fad to the next, he tried to join the priesthood. We got into that already. Okay. Malsa also had a few encounters with the law, many for public intoxication and drug possession. We got into that, right? He threatened the ranger with a knife. Um, the ranger stopped him before he could draw against uh, arrest before he could draw and arrested him. Okay. Mullen's landlord kicked him out after he was pounding on the floors and shouting at people he imagined were there. Okay. That's the that goes, that, yeah, that, that's the schizophrenia. That's why he should have stayed in the nut hut. Damn, well, we all know what they were like back then. Yeah, that was true. They they just let you go because they didn't want to deal with you. Sometimes you feel like a nut. <laughs> Sometimes you don't. I've got nuts in my pants. Jimmy, don't. <laughs> well, you might. They, I don't know. I've had them before, but not now. <laughs> oh, my God. That's more information. Transgender motherfucker. By 1972. No, 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 no. I'm talking I don't want to No, that's too late. <laughs> the damage is done. The damage is fucking done. That's, what, that's what's happening there. <laughs> By 1972, Mullen moved back uh, to his parents and with his parents in, uh, in Felton. His parents looked into getting him uh, institutionalized, but California's mental facilities were experiencing financial difficulties due to Governor Reagan's cutbacks. In the 80s. In the 80s. Which I think is the only bad thing Reagan did, really, is cutting back on the mental health things. One of the, you know. And his wife pointing down, saying, read my lips, no more Bush. She's. That was <laughs> that was not. She said no. To, she said just say no to drugs, and no more Bush. She shaved. No bad. Okay, that was bad. That was horrible. I love Nancy. But you did, <laughs> Nancy. <laughs> Mullen held a great uh, significance regarding his twenty fifth birthday, as it was both his, the anniversary of the nineteen oh six San Francisco earthquake and the death. Of Albert Einstein. Okay. Mullen stopped taking schizophrenia medication. Mullen also believed that the Vietnam War had killed enough Americans' lives to stall earthquakes by acting as a blood sacrifice. I think I've heard about this guy. This is where it's going to start getting interesting. 
Wait okay. a minute, folks. Hold my bear. <laughs> no, I remember that hearing about this guy, yeah. With the war winding down, he believed it would become necessary for him to kill people uh, to keep a major earthquake from occurring. Scientists had issued a prediction that a major earthquake was likely to occur on January 4th of 1973. One that could level San Francisco, and it obviously didn't occur. Mullen claims his father telepathically told him, clearly, this is a delusion, and no, it wasn't his father uh, who arced in heaven. Just saying. Hollywood be his name. Fred. (laughs) On October 13th of 72, Mullen found a baseball bat in his garage and went for a drive where he encountered Lawrence Whitney. Uh, oh, Lawrence Whitney White. He went by Whitney. Last name was White. Okay, I get it now. A 55-year-old homeless man along the side of Highway 9, a windy, secluded, tree-lined road. Okay. Mullen pretended to have, a, to have car trouble. He pulled over, popped the hood, and examined the engine. Whitney offered to help him in exchange for a ride. While Whitney was looking at, at the engine, Mullen bludgeoned him to death with a bat. He then dragged Whitney's body off into the woods. Mullen thought he looked like uh, Jonah from the Bible and telepathically sent him a message saying, Hey man, pick me up and throw me over the boat. Kill me so others will be saved. Okay. No one gave it much thought to, as it's a homeless man turning up dead. To, you know, of course not. It's a homeless person. Who gives a no. shit, right? We've been there. On October 24th of 1972, after hearing his father tell him he should kill another person as a sacrifice and to test the theory, the theory the environment was rapidly be, being polluted and, and an earthquake was imminent, Mullen picked up a 24-year-old hitchhiker named Margaret Gafoyle. That's her name, G-U-L-F-O-Y-L-E-M, just because it sounds like it's a fake one. No, I knew what you meant. All right. Margaret was running late to a job interview, and though leery of hitchhiking, given the times, she was desperate. It was a high-risk time for hitchhikers as the co-ed killer, Ed Kemper, mm-hmm. was, active, was active during this time in that particular area. Oh, yeah. Margaret thought Mullen was safe since he, he was polite, well-spoken, and not much taller than she was. You know, remember, 5'7", little, little bitty little turd. Right. Mullen stabbed her in the chest while driving down a busy road. He drove up to the mountains where he cut open her abdomen, took out her organs to examine them, then draped them on, a, on the nearby branches of a tree and ex- to, so he can examine them even better. Safe guy, polite. Margaret's remains were nice? found months later, so decomposed that it was initially apparent she had been murdered. Okay. November 2nd of 72, on All Souls Day, with doubts regarding his father's instructions, Mullen went to see a Catholic priest. Maybe it was more like... Because it's a priest. I'm leaving. (laughs) Daddy, I mean Father Henry Tomelli. 
was formerly to Melly. Yeah, to Melly. Was formerly a member of the French Underground and had been a music director at the oh at at the Archdiocese of Marcel's. Mullen says. Hold on one second. I'm a little confused. It's okay. An attempt. That's why you need to read through them, but, you know. Mullen says, in an attempt to give me strength over, give me strength to never attempt to kill again. There we go. Gee, many Christmas. That went awry when Mullen heard the father tell him he should follow the commands of his father. As the Bible instructs, and that he wanted to be the next sacrifice. That's what he's hearing in his head, by the way. Yeah. From the father. But I think he heard and decided to kill him anyway. This is me. <sighs> Mullen opened the confession box and ambushed the priest. Uh, father Tomelli was beaten and stabbed three times in the heart in front of other parishioners. Mullen ran away with the priest's rosary pouch while the petitioners ran to get help. Unfortunately, the description of a tall, thin man wearing black wasn't much help. However, Mullen did leave fingerprints. Of course. Also in November, he tried to join the Coast Guard but failed the psychological exam. Duh. In December, Mullen uh, bought a gun after reading the book Einstein on Peace. Mullen believed he needed a gun because he was one-third Scandinavian. In Switzerland, every adult male joins the army and keeps a gun for protection. Of course. He also stopped using any drugs, blaming them for all of his problems. Mullen's delusions actually worsened. Hmm. So when January 4th came and went uh, without any predicted earthquakes... Mullen believed the sacrifices had been effective. Okay. No earthquakes. He's killing people. Keep earthquakes from happening. Just keep that in mind. Right. On January 15, 1973, Mullen attempted to join the Marines. He believed that this would legalize his mission. N- not completely off base. Right. Like he could kill people and it'd be like, hey, you know, that was oh, yeah. So we're good to go. Yeah. Somehow he managed to not pass the physical... But also, his psychological exam. He failed both, the physical and the psych exam. Okay, that makes sense. However, he refused to sign the... Oh, he passed. I'm sorry. He's, oh, he passed them. I was going to say. He... Oh, this is not only... God damn. He not only... He, so he passed the physical and he passed the psychological exam. However, he refused to sign the document regarding his criminal history. Okay. The Marines retracted their offer. Mullen believes his rejection from both the Coast Guard and the Marines was part of a greater conspiracy against him, which is that's a very common delusion of people who are schizophrenic. Oh, yeah, totally. Mullen later stated, if I had been allowed to go to the Coast Guard or the Marine Corps, I wouldn't have taken all those people's lives. Okay. Kind of makes sense, though. Yeah, because he would have had a legal way to do it. Exactly. On January 19th, Mullen moved into another shabby apartment after his parents kicked him out. Get the fuck out of here. You're gone. Yeah. They were tired of the constant uh, criticisms. He told them he would try to join the army, 
the Coast Guard and the Marines won't have him, won't have him, but surely, yeah, the Army, you know, why not? Yeah. First, you actually, that makes sense though, because a lot of times people can't get into like the Air Force or Navy, and they can get into the Army, so it makes sense. Yeah, on some level. No, that that yeah. So just so you know. On January 25th, Mullen drove to a remote area near Mystery Spot, tourist attraction. He remembered a former teammate, uh, Jim Gint. It says gonorrhea. No, it doesn't. It says Ganera. Not gonorrhea. Ganera. Sorry, Jim. That he had recited there. (laughs) Kathy Francis answered the door and informed him Jim had moved down the road. Mullen knocked on Jim's door. Obviously, Jim could not answer uh, how one toke of, uh, you know, uh, from some weed like 10 years ago could have possibly <laughs> fucked up Mullen's life. Right, right. Because Mullen's blaming him for this. Yeah. Mullen shot him three times, once in the back and puncturing a lung. Jim's last dying effort was to warn his wife, Joan, to lock the bedroom door, bathroom door. She was taking a bath. Mullen broke down the door and shot her in the neck and in the head above her left eye. Then stabbed her three Ow. times post-mortem. Ow. What a fucking, that's a bad bath, man. Here you all are chilling in the fucking bathtub. Maybe you got your little rubber ducky. Maybe it looks like the ones that are on my pajamas. Rubber ducky, you're the one. I bathed with a rubber ducky. So did Ernie. But he was having sex with Bert on Sesame Street. So who are you having sex with besides Bert? And Ernie and Fred and Mike. And, and Oscar the Grouch. Yeah, I like and it Big dirty. Bird. <laughs> I hear chirping, Big Bert. I hear chirping, Big Bird. but you're chirping back there, Big Bert. You're squawking now, bitch. <laughs> oh, we're back. Stop it. Mullen then proceeded to drive back to Kathy Francis's house. Broke into her house and shot her as well. That was a chick who said, hey, no, this dude, your, your buddy moved down the road. Right. Then went back upstairs, shot Kathy's nine-year-old and four-year-old boys. Okay. While they played Chinese checkers on their bunk bed. Oh. Mullen stabbed all three of them post-mortem. According to Mullen, Kathy had volunteered her children and her life as sacrifices. Okay. That's common. It happens every day. Yeah. Police thought these home invasions were unrelated to the priests and the hitchhikers. Everything relates to the priest. As totally. Both Jim Gonorrhea, I mean Ganera, and <laughs> Kathy's husband Bob were known drug dealers and users. They believed it was probably drug related. While hiking in. A state park in Santa Cruz on February 10th, Mullen encountered Robert Spector, 18 years old, Brian Scott Card at 19 years old, David Oliker at he was 18, and Mark Drabelli's camping illegally. Since he got in trouble for doing the same thing previously, he didn't think it was fair for them to get away with it. Because remember, he got in trouble for camping illegally. That was in the beginning of the story. Yes. Okay. I got that. Mullen poses a ranger and told them to vacate as they were polluting the forest. The teens told Mullen to fuck off and stayed in their tent. Mm-hmm. He probably looked nothing like a ranger, by the way. 
No. Just saying. Mullen asked them to tell to telepathically. He asked them telepathically if he could kill them, and they all agreed. Yeah, that's what happened. He, mm, can I kill you? And like, fuck it. You know what? You're right. Just kill us all, because we came up here to die. Uh, where am I? He shot them in the head. Stole a twenty-two rifle and twenty bucks. One of the boys failed to uh, failed to claw their way through the tent to escape. Right. February thirteenth, before the bodies of the teens had been found, Mullen was on his way to his parents to deliver some firewood in the back of his station wagon. Mullen, Mullen heard a telepathic message again from his father saying, "Don't deliver a stick of wood until you've killed someone." Okay. He spotted 17 years. Wait, don't deliver a stick of wood until you killed someone. He was on his way to deliver firewood to him. Oh, okay. Now I get it. Sorry. I had to make a note on something that you were mistaken on, but I will, oh. fix, I will tell you later. <laughs> he spotted 72-year-old retired prize fighter Fred Abby Perez working in his garden. That's right, throwing the blows or blowing the throws. Um, Mullen pulled a U-turn, stopped, got out, propped a rifle across the hood of his car, and shot Fred in the heart. Okay. In full view of the neighbors who got his license plate number. Okay. <clears throat> Makes sense. Within minutes of the vehicle hitting, uh, the description of the vehicle uh, hitting, the police radio airways, Mullen was pulled over. He didn't attempt to use the rifle sitting next to him, and Mullen was initially highly unco- uh, uncooperative, shouting silence to any questions posed to him. Okay. His interpretation of the right to remain silent, by the way. <laughs> Investigators had trouble linking the crimes to Mullen due to the difference between the MOs. Some were stabbed, some were shot, others both. And then there's Margaret. He had no real victimology, sex, age, race, social status, etc. Okay. They all varied greatly. Don't forget, Edmund, uh, Edmund Kemper was, you know, either. He, he was working at the same time. Right. They did find newspaper clippings of all the murders. Jim Ganera address and former uh, and father Tomelli's rosary pouch at his apartment. So then we get to move on to the trial. Santa Cruz charged Mullen with 10 counts of murder. Trial opened up on uh, July 30th of 73. He wasn't charged with the murder of Lawrence White, Margaret Gafoyle or the father or big daddy Tamale. That's the Tamelli, whatever his name is. Daddy Tamelli. You were bad. <laughs> Mullen had eventually confessed to 13 murders. The trial was more to decide if he was legally sane or not. He had wanted to plead guilty to all 10 first-degree murder charges, but was found not competent enough to represent himself and had yet to receive uh, any legal counsel. Okay. Mullen didn't like that his public defender, James Jackson, had longish hair. 
The judge assured him his lawyer was competent, even if his hair was a little past his shoulders. <laughs> Interesting side note, James Jackson would later defend Edmund Kemper. Oh, okay. Ed Kemper. That's a good side note. Yeah. Jackson uh, changed Mullen's plea to that of insanity uh, induced by LSD. Due to the change in plea, California court broke protocol for the first time in its history and judged whether Mullen was sane before the trial even started. Okay. Instead of after the verdict. Okay. He was annoyed that uh, the defense was trying to prove insanity and eagerly anticipated getting on the stand to testify as the real reason for the killings. You know, say, hey, this is the real reason why right. I murdered people. Mullen testified that we are humans through the history of the world have prevented our continent from cataclysms by murder. In other words, a minor natural disaster avoids a major natural disaster. Minus the whole murder part, he's technically really not wrong. Yeah. Technically. Let me explain why. Okay. Let's say, like, control burn, controlled burns in forests. Correct. You control the burn because right. it prevents a larger forest fire. Correct. No, correct. I agree with that. So, he, he's correct. He's not wrong. It's just his view is a little askew. Is off tilter, yeah. Right. And my voice is getting more and more thrashed. I'm just pointing that out. Mm-mm. <laughs> I almost thought he said you want me to you dick and then I heard the quill and I was like oh thank god he said that what the fuck is wrong with you no, I've been hanging around you too much I will take a special shot though if you can uh, I'll get it I'm right, yeah, what if you can hook I'm me right here by your bar or your makeshift bar yeah give me a tasty shot because I need a little bit of vodka to even make it through this rest of this episode much less the last one Put your vagina powers into it. Oh, I did. I All squeezed right. it tight. He only committed the murders to save the environment. Mullen also explained that he was chosen as a designated leader of his generation. Einstein had died on his birthday. Mullen believed his parents, particularly his father, was to blame for many of his actions by hiding his homosexuality from him. He also blamed his friends and teachers and everyone where the fuck I, everyone who wanted to prevent him from becoming too powerful in the next ha, life. Question though, how did his how did his parents hide his sexuality from him? I think what he's saying is that he thought his dad was also kind of gay. Oh, okay. Little on the and now a the pause. The fatale side. Hey, now, I'm not ready yet. Give well, me a minute. And now a quick pause so that way there I can enjoy. Who, Don't tip it. Our future sponsor, hopefully, for oh. Vail Vodka. Hopefully, because maybe then we'll get some free stuff. No shit, huh? <laughs> well, I'm going to have to shoot this in order to finish this Go goddamn ahead. podcast. Go ahead. Mm. Yeah, you know how it is. Uh, seriously? It Wussy. came up my nose a little bit, that's why. Oh, oh, I hate it when alcohol comes. I mean, it's bad enough when milk comes out your nose, but when alcohol oh. comes out your nose, oh, it's horrible. This was a shot of both uh, double espresso and caramel veil vodka, and it's amazing. Oof, yeah. We're trying to get them as a sponsor. It's going to put some hair on your chest. But even if they don't become a sponsor, this stuff is absolutely amazing. 
I know now my nose is going to run. No, kidding people. (laughs) Mullen said, I believe that my father has been been unequally blamed for my failures. But surely if I had given, if he had given me the six-year-old homosexual homosexual blowjob, oral stimulation that I was entitled to, like most other people get, I would never have taken LSD without his permission. What the fuck? At age six? Dude, you need to read these in advance because that made no fucking sense. I, I... Intern, I need another shot after reading that. Dude, I need more than a Holy shot. Holy fuck me running. No, okay, wait a minute. So he said, wait, repeat that again. One more time. Slow. This is a quote. I believe that my father has been unequally blamed for my failures. But surely, if I had, uh, if he had given me the six-year-old homosexual blowjob, oral stimulation that I was entitled to, like most other people get... I would never have taken LSD without his permission. <laughs> okay. That is some Freud shit right there. Oh, my God. I could do a string of episodes just on that fucking statement alone. You were reading it, and I was like, I know I'm not that drunk because I've only had two shots. You keep talking. I got to get another shot just absorbing but that information. I just don't even, I don't even know what... To comprehend on that one right there. Because I don't know if he's talking about his real father or his priest father. And why would he need a blowjob at the age of six? I think he's talking about his real dad. But why at six? I have no fucking idea. But no, a six-year-old doesn't even have any inclination on the hormonal level. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. To be sexually turned on or desire it. I think it's his delusional self. His I think that's exactly self. what it is. Is his, that was his schizophrenic brain talking? Thank you, dear. On August fourth, psychologist Donald Lund testified on behalf of the defense. Yeah, he played a recording of Mullen's, Mullen discussing his uh, philosophy to the jury. In it, Mullen said, "You see, the thing is, people get together, say, in the White House." People like to sing, uh, like to sing the die song. You know, people like to sing the die song. Die is in D-I-E? Does in D-I-E. If I am the president of my class when I graduate from high school, I can I can tell I can tell two, possibly three young male homo sapiens to die. I can sing that song to them and they'll have to kill themselves. Or be killed. An automobile accident, a knifing, a gunshot wound. You ask me why this is, and I say, well, they have to do it. They have to, they have to do that in order to protect the ground from an earthquake. Because all over people, what the flying fuck? Because all of the other people in the community had been dying all these uh, all year long. In my class, we could have, we have to chip in, so to, sp- wow, so to speak to the darkness. We have to die also. 
and people would rather sing the die song than murder. Fuck me running. You know what? That was a whole shit ton of crazy. I not I mean, but not crazy as in um as Intern- in I need heroin. No, it wasn't crazy <laughs> as in um diminished capacity so much as in it shows you where his mind was. Right. It, no, just, that explained a lot to me, actually. I wish I would have had time to read all Even this. Even though I don't understand what he was saying, it explained a whole lot to me. Fuck. Because that, I mean, because just let's take apart that one sentence when he said, you know, singing the die song, he believes or something is telling him that you can literally... Uh, and that's what he believed, um, by the way. What's the word when you, uh, not subconsciously, but um, subliminal message people to yes. kill themselves. Well, not only that, but he also believed, he honestly believed that um, by killing people, he was preventing earthquakes. Yeah. Well, no, I disasters. see that part. But, you know, it's like he got into a different level, too. You know, that he's also thinking subliminal messaging and, yes. you know, which... I do believe on some level subliminal messages works because it's like you can um, like that's why they flash certain things in commercials to get you attract, you know, to want to buy stuff. But I don't believe subliminal messaging works to a level where I would want to kill myself. How do you think I get sex from a girl? I just sit there and I subliminal message. You want to give me a blowjob? Hey, I think I want to give you a blowjob. No, oh my God, you know what you do idea. is you send us weird ass porn, <laughs> and then when you make the suggestion to her, it says you're, she's like, "Well, it's not as bad as what he sent me." Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Could be. <laughs> I mean, all the psychologists, both defense and prosecution, agreed that Mullen had severe paranoid schizophrenia, but he was sane. Yeah, legally sane. Legally sane. Yeah. He was fully aware of his action that his actions were illegal. The prosecutor in the closing arguments told the jury there's no question that he is mentally ill. Seriously mentally ill. That does not mean he's legally insane. August 19th of 73, Mullen was convicted of two counts of first-degree murder for Jim uh, Ganera and Kathy Francis. Because they were deemed uh, premeditated and eight counts of second-degree murder because they felt that those were impulsive. Okay. Four months later, Mullen was tried and convicted of second-degree murder for uh, Father Tamelli. Herbert Mullen, at this time here, by the way, was only 26 years old. Wow. So That's let's talk. He did a lot. In- yeah. So now he's in jail, right? Well, We'd hope. coincidentally, Herbert Mullen and Ed, Edmund Kemper shared adjoining cells for a oh, while. Of course they did. While Mullen was 5'7", Kemper towered over him at 6'9". Oh, yeah. Kemper was huge. Oh, yeah. And yeah. they made a very interesting contrast. Kemper didn't particularly like him and accused Mullen of stealing his dumping sites. His what? His dumping sites where he was dumping oh. bunnies. Oh, okay. Now I get it. Yeah. He called Mullen a creep with no class <clears throat> and volunteered to rat on him if he heard anything uh, interesting. Kemper called somebody a creep with no class? Yeah. Okay. I know the Kemper case. Yeah. That makes no sense to me. How can he say that about somebody else? Yeah, no can he. Okay. But Go yeah. on, Kemper. Party, I bet. He also believes Mullen killed for no good reason. 
Mullen wasn't much of a fan of Kemper either, claiming he was a brutish sex maniac who was always making noise while he uh, meditated. Um, I'm hearing an episode of Mean Girls Prison version. And I wonder if he means she means meditated or masturbated. But anyway. It's probably meditated because he was into Eastern religion. You Oh, while well, he did it, not while Kemper was. Okay, that no, makes sense. K- yeah, and Kemper is the one that killed all those girls because they the were killers. And then ended up, thought he could kill his mom and end the voices in his head telling him to kill people. Right. So he's the one that, like, ripped her voice box out and shoved it down the garbage disposal. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so either one of them calling the other one classless is laughable to me. In an interview, Kemper said, well, and he was referring to Mullen. Of course. Well, Mullen had a habit of singing and bothering people when somebody was tried to watch TV. So I threw the I threw water on him to shut him up. It's probably piss, but okay. Probably. Then, when he was a good boy, I'd give him peanuts. <laughs> Pavlov's dog. Her, Herbie liked peanuts. <laughs> Say that for real. Yep, that's the Oh, my quote. God. Oh, my God. That was effective because pretty soon he asked permission to sing. Pavlov's dog. I'm oh telling you, Pavlov's dog. Holy shit. Kemper got it. Yeah. That's called behavioral modification it treatment. Is, dude. Good job, Kemper. Kemper also described Mullen as having a lot of pain inside. He had a lot of anguish inside. Oh, yeah. He had a lot of hate inside. Oh, yeah. And it was addressed to people he didn't even know because he didn't dare do anything to the people that he did know, that he knew. Okay. Mullen is now 77 and currently incarcerated at Mule Creek State Prison in Ione, California. Oh, Oh, I think I'm going to be writing another letter to Ione. Um, This has become my favorite prison. I was going to say, why don't you just get the whole inmate list from there, Scott, and we'll just pick and choose. I should. I actually like Ione. Yeah. It seems like a... a, Well, I think it's like a protective custody. Yeah. Over the years, he's taken courses in cooking, landscaping, cabinetry making, and studied Tai Chi. Whoa. Which would go into the Eastern religion. It would. And if he's getting the right medication, maybe he is leveled out. But it cracks me up that Kemper... Excuse me, I'm doing my kata right now. I'm going to kata you here in a minute. I wish people could see you looking like an idiot right now. That's me every fucking day. I got this day. warm feeling. He would like to work in a grocery store if he's released. If he's released. He's not going to get released. But he has high hopes, a grocery store. He does. Mullen claims to be reformed. Good and reformed, I bet. Kleenex, please. Oh. My nose is still itching. Well, there thank you, you for the one. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> He has been attending Alcoholics Anonymous meetings and hasn't taken any form of medication since 1976. Mullen will be eligible for parole in 2026. Coming up pretty soon. There is a five-year span between parole hearings. You're raising your hand, but let me finish this. Hearings. And his last one in 2021 was denied. The parole board noted that he has shown no remorse or accountability for his actions. What? How can he be paranoid schizophrenic and not have to be on medication? I was kind of wondering you the same can't, thing. You can't regulate that without meds. I was kind of wondering that myself, but 
Who fucking knows? I, I got to write him and ask. Him. I was going to say, because that's like bipolar one, even bipolar two. You can, those are definite <coughs> chemical imbalances that you cannot accommodate like ADD and OCD Correct. and shit. Correct. So I'm confused. So final thoughts. Oh, I have a ton. It's interesting to note that there are no major earthquakes during Mullen Spree. Oh, dear God. An earthquake hit California on February 9th of 1971, and the next major earthquake would not occur until February 21st of 1973, nine days after his arrest. Okay. This would only confirm his delusion was, in fact, correct. To him, yes. Those who believe in numerology will also note that the first and last murders occurred on the 13th for a total of 13 victims over the course of four, a four-month span. Remember that the number f- four was significant to Mullen as it was on January 4th when the major earthquake was supposed to have struck. Numerology is likely one of the subjects Mullen studied on his own Very while in college. So, yeah. Yes, I believe that because it's part of Eastern religion. So how much do you think Mullen's use of LSD impacted his schizophrenia and would he still become a killer without it? See, that's what I was wondering when I asked you about the medication for the schizophrenia. Because if the LSD contributed Which to I the think hallucinations, it did. then him being off of the LSD would make it go away. You understand what I mean? Okay, yeah. Because if it was the LSD that caused the hallucinations and the voices, then if he stopped taking the LSD, then he wouldn't have them anymore. But he was still having them when he quit on his own. Because for a while he quit taking LSD. Okay, but even if he stopped taking them on his own, he was also in that mindset already. But he was still hearing voices without the use of LSD. No, but, okay, but what I'm trying to say is, but he was, he had conditioned him. I mean, while he was taking the LSD, he was having those voices. So maybe these voices he was having justified his actions. You understand what I mean? That he sort wasn't of. really having them, but they, he was using them to justify his actions. No, it could be, yeah. I can Which see that. could be why they didn't find him legally insane. Oh, okay. No, makes sense. Okay. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of because otherwise, if you are truly a paranoid schizophrenic, then you cannot be without meds without having episodes. That's correct. And I only know that from firsthand experience. Me uh, too. Because I rented the back room where my son stays now to uh, a guy who used to live next door who was paranoid schizophrenic. Okay. So I asked him a lot of questions because there's things that you learn from books when you're in college. Oh, Yeah. But you can't learn anything more than firsthand knowledge from somebody. Correct. You get the most information from a paranoid schizophrenic by asking the paranoid schizophrenic. Right. Because I may, I used to tell my counselor in my aftercare after drug treatment because he would say certain things. I said, "You are a textbook addict. You don't know what it's like to be an addict." Exactly. So there's a there's a difference. Actually, when it comes to addiction, one of the dumbest fucking things I've ever heard in my life was a commercial for a drug treatment center. I want to say it was New Horizons. If you want to beat addiction, or it, oh no, this uh, I should know. I'm the pre- I'm the oh, I I created this place because I was an addict and now I'm not. Yes, 
It I'm is like, New Horizons. Yeah, I'm like, you're a lying piece of garbage yeah, because once an addict, you're always an addict. Yeah, because the only thing that stops me from using is my conscious choice every day not to go get that Yeah, drug. exactly. I just look at this yes. fucking, this pencil neck piece of shit and going, yeah. dude, you were never addicted. Yeah. Fuck yourself. Yeah. You can overcome addiction. You can. But you will never not be an addict because a lot of people, if they don't get the right help, will shift that to something else. I agree. In turn. Another shot. He's becoming my bartender. Oh, dear gosh. You just keep it over there. I don't want any more. I'm getting too warm. In turn. <laughs> no, but so. Bartender. Nah. <laughs> Rack him up. But no, that was my whole thing. So, you know, there's that. And there's also, he went through, there's so much shit going on with him that. I don't think we have enough time. I'm not going to discount that there was no earthquakes during his spree. I'm not either. It was before but I'm, and after. I'm not going to say that he was the reason why there weren't any. This is probably better suited for Into the Abyss. But... I was going to say, don't tell our people that because you never know who our listeners are. And I don't want to give people the wrong idea. But it might be... Because, well, here's the thing with that, though, is that... Scientists actually predicted that there was going to be a major earthquake around that time. Yes. He kills somebody, doesn't happen. Okay. I'm just saying, maybe he was onto something. Well, I want to know then why weren't people killing people before the big earthquake in 1990-something when it interrupted my um, World Series when the San Francisco, when Oakland was playing blah, blah, blah. Because he wasn't out there. He wasn't, the chosen one wasn't out there often motherfuckers. Okay, actually, I think it was San Francisco at the time, but that's not my point. Oh, my God, the intern's drinking before five. Son of a bitch, I'm about to fire him. We're going to have to hide the booze. <laughs> I'm turning you into an alcoholic. Lock it up. But no, it's, I just have a heart, I mean, like I said, I I don't buy into the numerology thing because that's the whole Abraham Lincoln, um, John F. Kennedy assassination crap, you know, but... um. It is kind of more into onto the into the abyss, which is the new show we're developing. But I don't know. This is a whole. <laughs> you just don't know where to begin, is what I'm saying. No, there's so much to pick apart on this that we'd have to make this into a ten part series, and yeah. I don't like doing more than one part. No, and um, but no, his his little that thing about the whole um, that last one, not the first quote you read about the six-year-old blowjob one that totally threw me for a loop. That one actually threw me for a loop. It but takes a lot to shock me. But the kind of made a lot of sense, but didn't make sense. I mean, yeah. it didn't make sense on the surface, but it made a lot of sense considering everything you and I have read up. Correct. So if you ever want to know what he really meant, read some psychology books. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Do a little fucking research, folks. Yeah. All right, I'm going to wrap this one here up. Remember. You can send us an email at BrutalNation at TwistedBlueLLC.com. Check out the website at www.TwistedBlueLLC.com. That's right. This one goes out to all the ladies. Check us out on Medium. God, Crime you are Beat not the easy listening radio station right now. And wherever you get your blogs, just type in at Brutal Nation. That's right. This one's for the ladies. This is a little love song just for you. boop boop ba Wow, wow. That's what happens when they come into my bedroom. Ew. You know what? From I hope our mutual friend and I can gang up on you finally. Like gangbang? What the fuck? No. Wrong gang up on you as in get even with you. Because he thought I was a little mean with the car accident joke. That, that was, was fucked up. up. 
Must be yeah, on he fucked thought up. that was a little mean, so maybe he'll come up with a better one with me. Oh, man. This show's copyright 2022 by Twisted Blue LLC. All rights are reserved. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye, everybody.